0: And in this portion of WGTD's morning show, I'm really excited to be sitting opposite Brandon Torres, who is the director of the next production of the Lakeside Players of Kenosha, performing at the Rohde Center for the Arts in downtown Kenosha. And the play at hand is uh, Madagascar Jr. And so uh, based on the 2005 uh, animated film uh, from DreamWorks, and uh, it is... uh, a load of fun on so many levels, although I have, must confess, this is one animated film on a very short list that I've actually not seen. I've seen just about everything, but for some reason not Madagascar. But I've read reviews, uh, all laudatory all reviews. And uh, so I am excited about uh, this conversation about Madagascar Jr., very much based on this hit film. We're going to be talking with Brandon Torres about what it is like to be uh, uh, directing a show like this, and in particular, uh, to be directing a cast of what he tells me is 41 little kids on the stage of the uh, Rhodey Center for the uh, for the Arts, uh, Brandon Torres, we welcome you to the morning show.
1: Thank you for. I'm really glad to be here.
0: And uh, before we went on the air, you were telling me a little connection. Not only have we uh, met a time or two at uh, the Racine Theater Guild, but. Uh, you uh, have a history with my wife, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Uh, t- t- tell our listeners about that.
1: Yeah, of course. So uh, your wife, Kathy Berg, she was my music director growing up in elementary school.
0: Well, no wonder you're doing so well now. So <laughs> you yeah, had a great start. So it's great to have you here. Brandon, actually, before we talk about Madagascar, just tell us a little bit more about post-Schulte uh, where you went to school and the kind of things you've done uh, up up until this point
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I started theater when I was 5 years old, uh very young age, and I actually seen a show at the, the Racing Theater Guild and I remember watching it and I was like, "Oh, I can do that." Hmm. So, immediately I jumped into acting classes. I ran home to my mom and was like, "Get me into acting classes." Hmm. And the rest is history from there. I grew up at Schulte, and then that's where I actually found my interest in music, okay. was through your wife mm-hmm. um, and just seeing her work with these children every day with so much confidence and movement and kept it going. Mm. And each concert choir, I mean, each each concert was just amazing, mm. amazing. And I think after that, I went into high school with the love of music and theater, I joined uh, the Case High School Choir, mm-hmm. got into Master Singers within my first year there, wow. and joined Case Carolers. And in theater, I grew very strong with the director, Nancy Gibson, and she inspired me to become a theater director. And by my sophomore year, I was already assistant directing, choreographing, and here I am today wow. at the Larry Center for the Arts.
0: Wonderful. So, so you have... Uh, uh Nancy Gibson and Liz Stege and Kathy Berg yes. and probably other teachers as well along the way for uh, fostering uh, this interest you have and, and and talent as as well. So, how much directing have you done? Where you're the the director, capital yes. D?
1: So, believe it or not, this is only my second show where I'm the capital D director. Okay. Um, However, um, being an assistant director really helped me build the skill that I needed to work with these kids. Yeah,
0: right. So we're going to talk now about this production of Madagascar Junior. And uh, so first of all, tell us a little bit about the assignment I mean, the phone rang, and did the Lakeside Players come calling, or (laughs) did you already have a history with the Lakeside Players, and did you offer to uh, take this on, or how did this come about?
1: Yeah, of course. So, uh, last Christmas, I directed a Seussified Christmas Carol there, Uh, being my first show. I actually went to them and asked them if they needed directors, and Mm. I immediately applied for a Seussified Christmas Carol, which is basically a Dr. Seuss reimagination of Christmas, Um, and then... I heard rumors that Madagascar Jr. was going to come about, and growing up, I really loved watching this movie. It was on repeat in my house every day. Mm. I would go to, you know, if you remember Blockbuster, <laughs> I used to go to Blockbuster every week, and I would rent this movie and constantly watch it. Even if I had the DVD at home, I would, I would buy that one. That's the one I wanted, and that's <laughs> the one I'd watch. And when I heard that was the the musical potentially for the next year i was immediately already planning directing before i even knew i was the director wow i already created my team i told them what i was looking for what i wanted and the rest is history i just really went there, went for it wow i
0: got the position very good well they gave it to you and you are making the most of this uh, really fun uh, opportunity probably before we go any further uh, we need to make sure that our listeners understand just kind of the basic story of Madagascar. And again, it started out with this animated film that you and many, many, many other children uh, really loved with ferocity. And, uh, and, uh, and then eventually, of course, it was adapted for the stage. Uh, explain to somebody who has not seen Madagascar, Uh, explain the story of these Central Park Zoo animals.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, as you said, it takes place at the Central Park Zoo, and there we meet Marty the zebra, Alex the lion, Gloria the hippo, and Melman the giraffe. And, of course, we have some scheming penguins there as well. And while the penguins are plotting to escape the zoo, um, because they want to go back to Antarctica, they feel they are trapped at the zoo, Uh, they tell their friend Marty the zebra, and Marty realizes... He feels trapped at a zoo, being enclosed in such a small space, what's beyond the brick wall, you know? Mm -hmm. And he decides he's going to escape the zoo. Now, of course, when he escapes, the other friends notice the hippo, the giraffe, and the lion, and they go after him. And immediately, everything went haywire in New York, and they get shipped to the wild, as people were protesting for, and they end up falling off the ship and landing in the wild and captivating world of Madagascar.
0: Mm. So, as you describe that story, there is a little bit of a kernel of something serious, namely animals being kept captive, in a sense, uh, in zoos. Uh, Does the story go there very much, or is this mostly a lighthearted romp with not too much of that sort of serious element in it?
1: You know, when I first read the script... There was no moments where I felt it wasn't really strongly appointed, but I made sure when staging the production that I really made a point to talk about these animals' rights and where they want to go and why they feel so trapped. Mm. Um, I have a group of ensembles being protesters, Mm. and they're holding the protesting signs, and Well, I don't want to give too much away, but I do intend on making sure that is appointed.
0: Right. So you're trying to underscore that theme very very directly. Absolutely. So uh, I already made brief mention of what you told me before we went on the air, namely that there are 41 children yes. in this cast uh, is that the entire cast or there are some adults in the cast as well
1: no it's all forty one kids up on that stage wow they're the, they're, the, they're the running it wow. they're in the run
0: uh, ra- ranging in age from what
1: eight to eighteen
0: okay yeah wow so how's the cast put together i we have of course those major animals that you already mentioned but then uh where do all of these other children figure.
1: Absolutely. So besides the animals that I already mentioned, there's also going to be lemurs, um, and lemurs are an animal native to Madagascar, mm. as well as fusa, which are cat-like, carnivorous animals native to Madagascar. Mm. Uh, the ensemble plays a big part in those two roles, as well as being the New York City people, the protesters, subway announcer. There is probably 30 speaking roles in this production. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, uh, it, it's a lot to take on for any director, y- even a seasoned experienced director. Yes. I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my head around <laughs> what it would be like to be uh, dealing with, first of all, just that many people, but then on top of it, that many children. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what this rehearsal period has been like and what some of the challenges as well as delights have been of working with a cast comprised of so many kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well... I remember my first rehearsal, I was really taken aback because after I cast 41 Kids, it doesn't really hit you that you cast 41 Kids till they're all in one room talking, right? Mm. Um, over time, it was very difficult. It had a lot of challenges. Making sure they're all focused in is really the biggest challenge. Um, getting them to all focus in on what I need them to learn that at that time. Um, but we found out what works and what doesn't work. And I really, it's it's funny because I really sat there and was like, I'm learning things that I thought I already knew, you know, Mm. patience, Mm. understanding, time, commitment, and it all comes back again, right? It all restarts and resets. Um, Felt like just a little switch in my head just went on. Um, And I really think these children have improved so much personally. Developed, They developed really well as children. Um, And it really does take a lot of strength. You have to be pretty. You have to use your voice well Mm -hmm. to carry it for those 41 kids. Um, And it's also about, I think, the hardest thing would be coordinating that. Mm. So how long has this rehearsal period been going on? It's been going on since August 1st. I believe August 1st it's been Mm -hmm. going on. And here we are, down the last week. Wow. So... uh, I, we should let our listeners know that
0: we're actually recording this on, on Friday, uh, September 29th. Yes. And so uh, people are hearing this on, on, uh, on Wednesday, October 4th. So by the time this interview will be airing, you'll be right on the eve of opening. Yes. Uh, but at this moment, uh, as we are talking, where are you in the rehearsal process? I mean, and what remains to be done?
1: So um, what remains to be done is just finishing up costume changes we just got to dress rehearsals and we are about to start tech tech week on Monday next week and all that needs to get done is just make sure the kids are having all their costumes make sure the lights are where they need to go have the sound ready there we go it's (laughs) showtime
0: you i assume know this stage really well have you acted on the stage of the lakeside players what have you been in
1: i have i was in high school musical was my first production there and i was troy bolton Mm. and then we just did beauty and the beast which was our pretty big sellout show last season and i played lumiere Mm
0: -hmm. wonderful (laughs) so uh There are some challenges to working with that particular stage, and I should think especially with 41 kids, where do you put them all?
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, it is a pretty small stage, and we work really hard to coordinate who's on stage when. And if they're not on stage, they are either sitting backstage in our very tiny backstage Mm -hmm. area, or we have a smaller theater right next door, and we Mm -hmm. usually have that as a green room, as Mm -hmm. you'd say.
0: Yeah, good. So... All of this has gone well. Have, have you been the sole director? Or have you had an assistant to uh, help you along the way?
1: Yes. I had a whole team of people. Mm. Um, Madeline Wright, my assistant director. Nikki Colmeyer, my vocal director. Mm. Hannah Connor and Caitlin Shores as my choreographers. And then, uh, of course, everyone else at the Lakeside Players have been helping so much along the way.
0: Fantastic. So... Uh, by the time this airs, uh, dress rehearsals will be just about done, and uh, and this show will then be opening. So, uh, what kind of technical challenges does this show pose?
1: Absolutely. Um, well, we are the first show at the Rodi Center for the Arts to include blacklight. Ah. We are using haze, bubbles, and. Well, I don't want to give too much away. Just come and see the show. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: And see all the visual splendor. Very good. So can you outline uh, when performances are? How many weekends does Madagascar Jr.
1: run? Absolutely. We're running two weekends, October 6th through the 8th. Um, we have 7.30 shows on the 7th and the 8th, and then 2 o'clock shows on the 8th and the 7th. And then we are running, what was that, 13th, 14th, and 15th, uh, 7.30 and 2, same as the same times. Very good. Week.
0: And we'll give information about how people can uh, can can score tickets. It sounds like you've had a good time with this. I mean, this has not scared you away. It sounds like I'm I, or I'm guessing that you uh, are excited to do more and more directing, and maybe even widen your horizons in terms of the kind of shows you do.
1: Absolutely, I'm very excited to see what's after this.
0: Very good, Brandon Torres. He is the director for Madagascar Junior which opens this weekend at the Rohde Center for the Arts in downtown Kenosha. Brandon, best wishes to you and your huge cast and huge crew, everybody involved in Madagascar Junior. Have a great run.
1: Thank you.